This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. Of course, we all know that there is just one reality. Mainstream science and mainstream Christianity give us competing versions of our one reality, but of course, neither has it right, because both are belief systems. Christianity is theistic. Science has long held atheism to be a fundamental dogma. Of course, anything with a fundamental dogma is a belief system by definition. But when we get beyond all belief systems and approach the study of reality open-mindedly with insights from both science and Christianity, in fact, but with a big assist from those who really know what's going on but just happen to be inconveniently dead, we begin to see a genuine reality that is more wonderful than our most optimistic imaginings. Its greatest truth is the certainty that you are an eternal being. You never began, you never will end, and knowing that changes everything. Our guest this week is Joe Higgins, who's a prominent medium and expert on the many ways in which the dead are communicating with us all the time. He will be a featured presenter at the 38th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies that's going to be held in Scottsdale July 10th to 12th on the theme of New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Go to ASCSI.org for more information. Welcome, Joe. Hey, Roberto. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining me. Um, I'm excited about your topic because, as I told you, um, I'm in the process of writing a book on this very subject, and it's taken me, I, I intended to do it pretty much right after I wrote The Fun of Dying uh, in 2010, but I didn't feel really able to, uh, this is a big topic, the ways in which the dead communicate with us. Um, so I'm excited to to hear, we'll, we'll be talking about that shortly, but first, I'd like to know more about you. Um, t- tell us how you first discovered you had mediumistic ability? How did you get started? Well, as a child, I always was much more sensitive to things around me than a lot of my friends. Um, I'd be up late at night. I could sense, you know, I I didn't know exactly what was happening, but as I I began to grow, I I picked up more abilities so I could sense if there was a male or female around me, even though I couldn't see them. Um, so it was kind of a long uh, experience, and I think a lot of people um, that they do this type of work, you know, obviously start when they're children. And uh, but back then we never really talked about it, so it was you're kind of on your own, as opposed to now, which is we're much more open about it. Um, they actually have classes for children and stuff like that. But back back then, you know, years back, it was you were on your own when you if you had any type of uh, supposed gifts or you know these type of abilities. So, but you're, so you're saying that you you knew that your your friends didn't have these abilities. Did you say, "Hey, there's a male around us," and they're saying you 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 must be smoking something, Joe? No, I mean when the, you know when I was probably you know eight or ten years old or something like that. I I knew when certain um, energies were around me. 
um, when I was alone. I never brought it up really to my friends, but they never really talked about it. You know, as I get into my teens and had some, uh, you know, some very close friends, it, it would come up, and um, they didn't have these experiences, um, but they were open to it because, you know, you know, teenagers and you know, people they're more open to things like that. And as you get older, you seem to close down um, when you start to get in society. Yes. They start to pigeonhole you, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a fairly common thing. Uh, people find that uh, um, it's sort of use it or lose it to some extent. If you haven't been um, cultivating these these uh, uh, abilities, people tell us that they, they do start to lose them. So you did start to cultivate them. Tell us about that. What, 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 how, how did you, as you grew up, how did you start to use these wonderful abilities? Well, that's true. A lot of people don't want to develop them because they're either afraid or they, or they just don't want yes. to. Um, it makes you different. You don't want to be different when you're a kid. Right, exactly. And then, you know, so, you know, it, when, you're, when you're a kid and you're absorbing all this new information and you're trying to seek out answers, especially when, before the Internet, it's a little bit difficult and it takes a little bit longer. But then, you know, when you start getting your 20s and stuff, life kind of takes over and, and you have other responsibilities. You have your job and relationships. Sure. And a lot of times we push things to the side, and that's what I did um, until I probably got to my late 20s and early 30s when I actually started to, to meet some other people that actually had the same experiences and eventually joined a development group and was able to get more information. Um, really? But there was, a period of time, yeah, there was a period of time there where, you know, you really have to, you know, now you got to pay the bills, you got to get up, you got to work, you, like I said, you got relationships, yeah. you got family problems, or whatever you got to deal with. And um, it's difficult. But as you get older, I made a conscious effort to try to sync my life up with this type of work. And and that meant spending more time in development, spending more time in research, spending more time around it and trying to have less time in the, the, quote, work, unquote, area of of your regular life. So as you were doing this, did you um, did you begin then to give public readings, or how did you get into actually using your gifts? Well, once I discovered that I had it, and I actually was making contact, um, then I actually, a friend invited me to go to a spiritualist church, and I said, uh, they said, he said, oh, they give readings there and stuff. I was like, really? So, and I had never heard of one, and I went to one up north of Boston, and uh, when I walked in, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to meet all these crazy people. And uh, I yeah. walked in, and all these people, like, you and I, they're just, like, regular down-to-earth people, and they're cooking, you know, they're cooking some dinner for after the uh, service and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is really, really cool. And then I, I, I joined the development circle, and I started to uh, practice platform work, which is uh, speaking, uh, giving readings in front of a group, um, and also doing private readings for, for friends and acquaintances. So as, as you started to do it, did your, I mean, I I had sort of the amusing, uh, inadvertently ended up watching John Edward develop his talents because I saw him very early and what he was doing was sort of vagueish. Uh, and then over about six or seven years, I, I had occasion to go and see him give readings about three more times. And he got more and more and more precise. He went from over in this area, somebody feels like a vibra- mother vibration to the side or what, you know, he was vagueish. But then he became you, you know, white blouse, right. your father, blah, blah. Did that happen to you, too? Yes. Did- and, it, and it's when it occurs, it's like 
the old expression, you know, it happens overnight, but it takes 10 years. When I first started doing it with some friends and stuff, we'd sit, you know, in a circle for two or three hours and, you know, listen to meditation music and get nothing and get nothing. Yeah. And then slowly, it slowly it built where we would start to get messages and we'd start to see things. Um, and then we always said, you know, we'd watch John Hayward, uh, John uh, Van Prague or something. We'd say, imagine, you know, we used to do it with our eyes closed. And we'd be like, imagine we could do this with your eyes open. And then, yeah. you know, all of a sudden one day, you know, we're, we're giving someone a reading right off the cuff with our eyes open, and it was like so second nature that it, it kind of like, it's kind of like learning to ride a bike. It's difficult at first, but once you get going, um, you can really take off. That is so fascinating. Were your friends who were doing this with you, were they also somewhat psychic? Yeah, the people that I, I was um, hanging out with at that time, a lot of people I was associating with, had um, similar abilities, so we used to um, we used to practice on each other and, and colleagues and friends. We do anything, anything to. Uh, How old were you when you were doing this, Joe? How old huh? were you? How old were you when you were doing this? I'm probably mid thirties. Oh, so you you let life get settled in around you, but it wouldn't this this ability wouldn't let you go, and you started to get no. more serious about it later in life. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, it was something that you know. I had to get out, and then I realized I had to live it because this is this is my life, and um, it's time to uh, to get in the game. You know what I mean, the game of life, and to to, to do what you're supposed to do and what you're driven to do. So, uh, you know, it's been a long haul and stuff, but it's been fascinating doing it, and uh, I really enjoy it. And, and were, you know, we were, were you aware of your guides during this time. I mean, um, everyone working in this field, certainly everyone who's working as a medium, has guides who are facilitating the process did you have communication with them or were you aware of them how did that develop yes i i, I was aware of them and i from being associated with other people i was taught and i sat in groups about you know how to contact your guides and which ones do what things and your master guide and so i had to learn all of that and uh, which was fascinating and but when the first time i was contacted and i was thinking about this the other day i was just sitting in my room one night and uh um this gentleman came to me, and his name, I can remember it like it was yesterday, and it was like 15 or 20 years ago, and his name was Roger, and he was a um, uh, Royal Air Force pilot in World War II. And he, oh. it was so weird because he came through, and he was so quick, and I wrote down everything, and I was like, what is going on? And that really set it off to, to seek out the information of, uh, of, uh, of the ability to make actual contact and hear people and actually make that conversation. I've always been able to pick up signs. Um, that, that started the earlier part. And, and I'll talk about that when I'm in Arizona, um, how the signs are the easiest way to communicate. Yes. You know, it's like uh, it, it, for both sides, for, for them and for yes. us, because they can hit a lot of people at one time. It's kind of like, you know, being in second or third grade and kind of getting the language and everything down. Um, and then... Um, it can progress, obviously, higher to um, other ways of making contact that will be discussed out there. And a lot of great people. It'll be a lot of fun. But, you know, so it started kind of like that, and then I just started to... It snowballs. The more you do it, the, the, the quicker you can do it, the more precise you can do it. Um, I mean, there are always occasions with certain people because of things going on in their life, their belief systems that, you, that are not necessarily easy to read, um, yes. There are other people I've had 
that, um, uh, you know, they want to talk to someone and one of the other relatives comes through and they're like, I don't want to talk to that person. I want, I'd rather oh, talk gee. to that other person. <laughs> talk about the really? ultimate diss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. They were a little ticked off on the other side. Put it this way. <laughs> the, the reading ended very shortly after that. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, uh, and I actually said to the guy, I said, listen, do you understand, you know, she, the person said, I know exactly who it is. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you just admitted that you've made contact with someone that died, like, you know, a decade ago. But you don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to someone else. I'm like, that's the same thing. You're missing the big picture. You're missing the big picture that life continues. There's an afterlife. They're still oh. with us. You're missing the big thing. Now, they, they, he didn't want to talk to his grandmother. I think it came through. And she oh, was a little Oh, that's terrible. Uh, yeah, well, he, he learned. She was, uh, she was a nice little old lady, and she was sitting in a chair with a nice smile. And, uh, you know, after 10 or 15 minutes of this, she just turned sideways, crossed her leg, and she gave a look at him that would have been like, wow. And yeah. uh, <laughs> that was pretty much the end of the reading. But it's weird how some people, um, you know, react in those situations. And uh, so sometimes it's difficult depending on the person as opposed to how much experience the medium actually has. Yes. So what you're telling us there is that it isn't so much who we want to talk to, it's who wants to talk to us that you're going to be able to pick up? Yeah, a lot of times what they'll do is, I mean, I shouldn't say a lot of times, but it, it, it's, it's common that people will come through first, uh, certain people, and then they'll bring others through. Um, they might be easier to connect to you know, the particular energy, the way they do it. Um, a lot of times we'll have people come through a certain relative and then they might just say hi, they might be there for a few minutes and all of a sudden, you know, the person you want to talk to will come in or someone else will come in or three or four other people will come in. So I always tell people when they get a reading, you know, just accept whoever comes through. I mean, obviously, we want to recognize who they are and things like that. And uh, But a lot of times they will just be coming, the first couple of people that come through will just be coming through to say hi or to observe the whole situation, the whole communication. And then other people will come through that, that might have some uh, information from you or you have some concerns or you want to talk to Grandma or something because there's something bothering you or whatever. So it, it, it works, you know, just I tell people just be open to whatever happens. Yes, yeah. Um, I guess that's important. Now, when, when this is, when they're coming through, they're really there with your guide on who's who's your facilitator on the, uh, I, I hate to say on the other side, makes me think of John Edward, but um, in, in the afterlife levels, um, it, it's, uh, it's a, a guy there of yours, right, who is there with our loved one and is telling yeah, you they, how, our, how actually, our loved one is saying? Yeah, they'll actually be, um, the way I work is I, I'll actually have that loved one come right through. They won't come through the guide. I'll actually, really? Because I, I, yeah, because I like to be, I mean, I make sure that, you know, the, the people that come through are of, uh, you know, a, a certain level of of development. So I'm not going to let low lights come through, you know, because it's just negative energy and, you know, sure. it's just not necessary. Um, so my guys know in advance and stuff, the people that come through, the relatives come through, everything's cool. And But I always like to pick up their personality, and I think that's so important for evidential mediumship. I mean, a lot of people sure. like names things, but the thing with names is, a lot of times we forget names. I mean, I run into people I used to go to school with, and I knew them, like, very, very close, and I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, I can't remember the guy's name. 
And, you know, and then sometimes... But it's not only me, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it happens to all of us. I mean, we're so, you know, busy and stuff. So, you know, and sometimes you'll get a name and you won't recognize it. And then two days later, you're like, oh, my God, Sally, that's right. That's right. It's my Aunt Sally, blah, blah, blah. So um, it's great when they come through and stuff, but what's more important to me is the personality traits because, you know, so, you're so also how, the, how do you hear them? Are you hear them in your mind then? Are you hear them speaking in your mind? Yes, absolutely. And, but yeah, I can I, feel the personalities. I can feel like... You, you hear it, the words? You hear the voice? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to hear their um, exactly what they say because whatever they say, I give to the other person because I learned a long time ago not to interpret things, because once you start yeah. to interpret things, it brings in your own conscious um, um, analytical, you know, decision-making, and, and I don't want to get involved, because I, too many times I've come in and said, you know, oh, they're showing me this. Oh, uh, oh, I know what one time it was, um, I heard Cole 45 for, for a young man whose father had passed away um, when, when the kid was only like 21, and the father was very young. And um, I said, did your father like to drink? And he's like, no, nah, well, yeah. I mean, like, I said, do you like to drink beer? I'll take a cold 45 beer, you know. And then as it progressed on, you know, he had showed me, the father had showed me something in a case. You know, it was like a you know 15 or 20-inch case or something like that. And they showed me glass and went on. Well, long story short, it turned out the father collected guns and he had a cold 45 antique oh, oh, over, oh. over the fireplace. And oh, so wow. I learned after that one, I was like, you know something, just give it out, because I'm I'm thinking like Colt 45 beer or something. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it was a real antique Colt 45 that the father actually collected. And this, when the son picked that up, just, just, you know, things just exploded, you know, more information but, coming through. We, to, we're so we're I, listening I, to, to the wonderful Joe Higgins. We're, we're going to start talking with him about signs, but frankly, I find talking with a real medium who tells us the details to be very interesting as well. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network, and we'll be right back. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. 
move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by robertagrimes.com to learn more. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Joe Higgins, who um, discovered as a child that he had special abilities, and then in his 30s began to develop those abilities as a medium. Um, I think that's that's kind of exciting to think. And people who are listening who may think they could possibly be a medium, but they're already halfway through their lives or partway through, could, could still, Joe, you're telling us, um, develop those abilities. They don't go away. No, absolutely not. I mean, they they become dormant, and it takes a lot of work if you if you haven't um, worked on them in the past, and it takes a lot of dis- uh, discipline and dedication and a lot of sacrifice um, if they want to uh, go ahead and develop it. It's it's going to be part of you. I mean, if that's what you want to do, and you have the ability, and it's there, um, you just got to do the work. Yeah, well, I, and that's probably true of a lot of talents. Uh, certainly, uh, playing the piano is not that different. But, uh, but it's exciting to think that because a lot of people, I meet a lot of people who tell me they've always had this or that, and they actually have mediumistic ability. I can tell from the way they're talking, but they've never developed it. I have to say something to you, Joe, just as an aside. I grew up in the Boston area, and listening to you talk is so much fun for me. It's like being at home because you have this. <laughs> You have this wonderful Eastern Massachusetts accent, which uh, which sounds like home to me. All right, Thanks, so we, I can't do anything about it now. But. <laughs> no, uh, my my mother raised us not to talk like that. She actually put us through speech sort of therapy, not to talk. So I don't sound like where I came from, which is too bad because uh, I think it's a fun accent. Now we're going to talk about the, the the primary thing, which I gather you're going to be talking about at the conference uh, in July, which is signs from the dead. This is this is something most people don't understand, do they? That the dead are, especially right after their deaths, they're constantly trying to send us little postcards and show us they're they're alive. I think a lot of people actually have had experiences, but they not necessarily talk about it. They talk about it more now. Uh, than years past, um, because like we had said earlier, I mean, there are TV shows, radio shows, people talking about it more. It's more yes. out in the open. Um, yes. So I think um, it's a little bit easier to, to find out about it. And then there have been studies done. There's been millions of people that have had some type of contact. Um, a lot of times they don't understand it. A lot of times they think they're going crazy. So that's one of the reasons why I wrote the first book, and I'm writing the, the new book will also be on signs. So let people know they're not, you know, other, it's happening to other people. You're not crazy, but let's um, you know teach you a little bit about you know the hows and whys, and, and um, you know so that you understand it a little bit more. Well, t- teach us about it. Tell us tell us what you've learned, and tell us what your books are about. Well, the first book I wrote was called "Hello, Anyone Home," and and that was basically a guide on how our deceased loved ones try to contact us through the use of signs. And my new book that I'm working on, it will be out by the conference, is going to be a follow-up to that. It's going to be always connected to understanding science for the departed. So in those books, I basically talk about the process 
of how when someone passes over that they go through an evaluation period and to decide if actually a sign will be sent to a loved one. And if they decide there will be one, how, when, where, um, and all those specifics. So it's like a whole process to it. Um, I think when I'm in out in Arizona, I know there'll be some clinicians there, so I'm going to want to talk about some of the things that they can use with their clients because I'm sure they run into people that, you know, come to them in private and say, listen, I'm having these things. Am I, you know, am I going crazy or something like that? So we'll give them some tools that they can use with some of their clients, which, um, you know, will hopefully help both of them. So. Um, now tell us again the names of your books. I'm sorry, what? Wait, tell us again the names of your books. Oh, the first book is Hello, Anyone Home? Oh, and that's the second cute. Book, yeah, I, I, it came to me like, you know, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I just woke up and I'm like, wow, and I wrote it down. I was like, I like that. And the second one is uh, Always Connected. Understanding signs from the departed. Okay, that's and, great. Um, and and do you do you? Um, I, I, actually, I'm as we talk, I'm finding it. And yeah, that that's great. Um, that that um, I wish I had had wish I'd read ahead of time, but I've just not had one of those weeks when I could have. But what's the process? Tell us the process. So there's a period of time right after um, the uh, the person dies. What do they they evaluate him on whether he can or should? Right. Well, the first thing is if they should, because a lot of times um, people will not necessarily believe in signs, and or because of their culture or their their uh, religion, they might or they might still be you know under grief, um, and they don't want to disrupt people. They don't want to make people. They don't want to harm people. They don't want to make people more uh, agitated. So they might decide, we're not going to give a sign. So there's, there's a various reasons why signs might not come through. But if they decide, listen, okay, this particular person, you know, is, uh, is willing to accept a sign, in that case, then they'll go through a whole series of evaluations about, like, when, where, and how. Uh, what's the best way to get it through? So they want to pick something that's familiar with um, the deceased loved one, and then I always give uh, an example, like, let's say your dad died and he loved baseball. And um, so they might might try to come through with a sign, something around sport, baseball or something. But they're not going to use something that has to do with NASCAR if dad never yeah. watched NASCAR. Or yeah, went right. So they, they wanna, they, they're they going to start looking for familiar things that, um, that the two have in, in common. So they want to do a shared thing. So it's not going to be something that you really like or something that, you know, um, it's going to be something that you know Dad likes. Uh, that that that's, so that's you know that, that all that gets worked out right at the beginning. So so um, as I research signs, it seems to me we we sort of go from the simpler to the more complex. Um, a lot of people find just coins and feathers. Um, there, there's that seems to be a very common sign. Um, or, or dragonflies or butterflies, suddenly they're encountering them all the time. And if they go to a medium, the, the, um, the, the just dead loved one will say, you know, I didn't, you see, I was sending you butterflies. Um, it's, it, so those are sort of generic and, and easy to mistake because, uh, we see butterflies all the time. It's just that if you, you see a cloud of butterflies or repeatedly see them and notice them, your attention is drawn to them. Um, that well, seems to be... 
sorry, go ahead. No, go you. No, please, you you, you go. Go I, ahead. I think um, I, I think in a case like that, and, and there's like a lot of common ones, like like you say, like the uh, you know flowers or, or rainbows right. or even sounds and stuff like that. I think um, what's really happening is the person is getting um, a heads up from the other side, and then all of a sudden they see the sign because they know yes. that particular symbol's around. So it's like that's why they're associated with grandma or granddad or something like that because they're pushing, grandma's pushing their their presence into that person's conscious or subconscious just before yes. the sign is, is, is there. I mean, there are, and there are there are times when uh, symbols uh, or signs will come out of the blue. Um, uh, my girlfriend gets coins um, periodically from her deceased husband, and um, I've witnessed this. You know, we go out to dinner or something, come home, and there's a, a water right on the table that wasn't there before, and uh, it kind of goes yeah. through stages. Yeah, and uh, I always make jokes. I said to me, I always say, "Oh, well, at least we know Jay's not cheap." You know, no, right. is, is it quarters that he does? Right. Most of them do pennies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most people pennies or dinosaurs. I said, Jay sends quarters. Yeah. I said, this is great. But, you know, <laughs> so those can actually, you know, come out of nowhere. But a lot of the other times, like uh, with the rainbows or the, or the dragonflies and things like that, uh, they'll put the notion in that uh, that so-and-so was around, and then you'll see this symbol or this object, and you'll be like, and you make the connection. So yes. the sign gets through. It, it, it's a really simple way. And I think a lot of times when you see a lot of these common signs, they're common because they're easy to get through. Yes. And some of the more yeah. complex ones, I mean, dreams are very easy for them to come through on, but sometimes they're difficult to interpret. But some of the simple ones, like I say, like, uh, you know, the cardinal, the really big one, a bird, um, those are the simplest ways. Those are the simplest ways just to it seems that if people don't say, you know, thank you, Ma- Grandma, or thank you, Mom, or whatever, um, they, they'll get discouraged after a while, uh, and they won't keep sending them. Uh, whereas if if you acknowledge the sign, uh, they'll maybe try to get more creative. Um, that, that's been my experience, anyway, in my own life and in the lives of people I know. It's true. It's true. I mean, a lot of times people are... Um if they don't accept them, I mean, it'll get to the point where they'll just, you know, let the person, you know, go on with their life, and they'll still be around them, interact with them, but they're not going to continue to find ways to try to send signs. Um, and, and other people that I know, and I'm sure you know, uh, they just they're like lightning rods for signs. They get them all yes. the time because they're yes. open and they 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 accept them and they say thanks, mom, or thanks, dad, or sis. And, uh, yes. So just, uh, all right. Well, here's go. the sixty-four dollar question: How does her husband, her who now now not living in this a level of reality. How does he put a quarter on the table? How does it happen? It's you know the the, the jury's still out there with me. I mean, we talk about reports where um, things can materialize, and um, because one minute's there, the next minute, I mean, one minute's not there, the next minute's there. So yes. they have some way of of, of connecting the two uh, two dimensions. And to bring in a, a physical um, object, and so I mean, there are other people, other scientists that are working on that particular aspect, that phenomenon. I know that it happens. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. But you know, I think it's um, 
I think it's very fascinating, and I, you know, quantum physics and things like that. So I'm sure, uh, you know, I'll run into some people hopefully out west. It is hard to believe that they're able to do this. I mean, with insects, apparently they use their mind energy to he herd them to where we'll see them, but. Um, I should explain, where uh, we should explain what an airport is. Uh, an airport is something that seems, if you saw one arrive, it would appear to just appear in air, and uh, people who have seen them arrive tell us, and then drop to a surface. Usually they're small, um, but they can be as big as a newspaper. The Skoll Experimental Group in England in the late 90s um, was was very good at bringing in airports. And where they come from, we're not sure. But my, my personal belief is they may be taken from another time in our level of reality and brought to this time. And one of the reasons I think that is one of the airports, the kinds of airports that got was newspapers. Um, uh, newspapers from the early part of the 20th century that appeared in air, dropped to the table, brand fresh off the press, and then aged from 1996 and started to age in yellow at that point. So it almost seems as if they just come from a different, they're, they're, they're able, these, the dead are able with their minds to take an object from one time in, in this, since time we know is an illusion in this uh, reality and put it at another time. But you're right. Nobody really knows for sure what they are, except we do know that airports do occur and to watch them appear is apparently kind of amazing. I've had, you know, I've actually I was putting, I remember one summer I was putting together a frame for a painting, and um, there was, like, a lot of screws and a lot of, you know, in the corners and stuff like that. And I reached down for, like, for my small screwdriver that I had already put together, like, half the frame, and it's gone. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, and no. I looked everywhere. I could not find it. Um, and I found it, like, three days later up on... Uh, you know, in a different room in the, in the house. Oh, how uh, interesting! That I, that I hadn't even been, I hadn't even been up there in, in probably six or seven months, and it's sitting there on a table. And you know, <laughs> so I mean, it's like you, you're right; they do take it from something, and then they return it in a different spot. So I yeah. think um, with coins and feathers and things like that, feathers are a big one that that just come out of nowhere too. A lot of times, yeah. people think you know. I just see it on the ground, but a lot of times people have actually had the experience the feathers fall on top of them. You know, inside. Interesting. Yeah. You know, there's no birds inside a house or a, you know, it happened, I know someone happened in a ball. But, um, so that's, um, so that's a little bit more complicated than, than some of the simplest, um, uh, signs. One yeah. of the big ones is smell. That's the one I used to is... get when I was a child and stuff after my father had passed. I could Wait, smell what, what was this one? I didn't hear the word. Uh, smells, scents. Oh, smells. Oh, smells are big. And we're told they happen right after death, within the first year or two, and then after that they don't. Is that been, uh, has that been your experience? Nope. I mean, I you, still get... You got some uh, longer than that. My, my dad's been has passed uh, 30 years, uh, 40 years ago, and uh, I still get signs when he's around because the room smells like cigar smoke. Really? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. They do not have to dissipate. Absolutely not. What's interesting to me is that many of the smells seem to be directly in our... They, they, other people can't necessarily smell them when we can. Now, it may be that sometimes other people can smell them, but um, I, I've had... I'm totally unpsychic. You and I are at two ends of an extreme, but, um, but I've gotten smell signs twice in my life, and uh, 
I, I think in both cases, no one else around me could smell them, but I could very clearly. They seem to have been happening in my, in my mind, um, as opposed to out in the room. Well, they can happen but, both ways. I mean, they can be to an individual, but it also can be in an environment with other people have smelled it. And I, I've actually right. had that with someone who walked in a room, and I smelled the sign, but I didn't say anything. And I just said to someone, do you see, I mean, do you sense anything different? And the person took a split second, and they were like, oh, my God, this whole room smells like coffee. So they could smell it. But I wanted really? to see. Yeah. So I wanted to see if it was me or if anyone else could. And this pissed person picked it up. We had just walked through the room, and um, actually, I think, I don't know if the story's in the first book, but I just we just walked through the room, and there was no smell. And as we were coming back from one room to another room, we walked through that room again, and I took two steps into the room, and I could smell it. It smelled like, you know, when you have a giant urn of coffee at, at the holidays that can, yeah. you know, that, that can serve 50 people or something, and it's that fresh, fresh ground uh rich coffee smell. And, uh, but there was no coffee I, there. Oh, God, there was no one in the house. It was just me and another yeah, person. Isn't that interesting? And there was, no yeah. coffee, there was no coffee in the house, but the other person picked it up, and I said, I just wanted to see, and they, they smelled it. So it, yeah. other people can can pick up your sign. And in the new isn't book, I'm going, to do a, um, I'm going to do a section on sending signs to groups. So that ought to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that that will be. That's an area where I'm really not familiar with much at all. Um, we're, we're having a lot of fun with this. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And really knowing that changes everything. Our guest today is Joe Higgins, a wonderful medium, and we'll be right back. eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Roberta's book is cliff notes to 200 years of abundant and consistent afterlife evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you, explain how you can enjoy the death process, and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in print, The Fun of Dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you'd like to talk about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage afterlife forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at afterlifeforums.com. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes of the Contact Talk Radio Network. 
Joe Higgins is a, a medium who will be presenting a, as a prominent presenter at the New Developments in Afterlife Communications Conference to be held in Scottsdale in July. Go to ASCSI.org for more information. Um, we're talking about signs. And I'm in the process of writing a book called The Fun of Staying in Touch as a sequel to The Fun of Dying about signs. So um, I'm learning, along with everyone else, what, what Joe has to tell us about signs. So so how do they produce a group sign, do you think? The, the, the smell of coffee in the room, not just meant for you, but meant for, for someone else as validation. Uh, so it's, the group smells it. How do they do that? Do you know? Any idea? Well, what they... they they interact with the energy of everyone that's there. So if it's a group of two or three, um, they'll they'll work with both of your energies to facilitate that particular smell, uh, a scent or a sign or whatever it is. I mean, there's a lot of times okay. the signs like birds, and it'll be like, um, you know, I can get a sign. I know one it's an example. I have a, a lady whose son had passed on, and every time he's around, she sees a red cardinal. So that's her particular sign to him, and, and she recognizes it, and that's their connection. This happened, you know, probably about five years ago. Uh, I remember sitting at my desk, and I was looking out the window. It was the middle of February, and this beautiful cardinal just sat down right outside my window, and I said, wow, look at that. That reminds me of so-and-so, uh, the young man who had passed away. Ten minutes later, I get a phone call, and it's from this lady. And she said, Joe, I want to set up an appointment because um, I was doing some insurance at that point. And uh, I said, it's funny that you just called me because 10 minutes ago I had a cardinal sitting on my window and it reminded me of your son. So there yeah. definitely was a connection there because I hadn't talked to her in over a year. And yeah. uh, within, of, you know, we both got the same, that same connection. So on the other side, when they put it together, it's just like when they put together a sign for an individual they'll pick a common sign that the group can understand. So it's not going to be something more complex, like we said earlier about a dad who loves, you know, a particular, uh, uh, you know, sport, like let's say baseball, and then, you know, he's not going to get a sign about NASCAR. So if the group's yeah. going to have to have something in common. Now, if the group has something in common where, you know, there's two or three people and their parents were great, you know, fanatic uh 49er fans or something like that, then they could use something like that. Um, but otherwise, they'll stick to something simple. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things that people say to me when I, when I talk about signs with them is they're made uncomfortable by the fact that that they are the dead seem able almost to be in our minds. They can make these... Uh, some of the signs that appear are voices in our minds, uh, um, uh, smells, I think, are pretty much created in our minds. And um, I, I, but, but I tell them not to be troubled by it. Do you get that question, too? Uh, is he reading my mind? You know, I well, mean, some people it's, like, will say, it's nothing well, private. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some people will be like, you know, they want him to stop. And, and so, you know, I talk about how you can go about that. I mean, there's some basic things you can just tell them, you know, thank you for coming through, but, you know, I'd like to be able to just uh, continue on in my life and I know you're around, but I don't want the signs because they scan me. So, I mean, um, yeah, some people just don't want them and and you can just stop them. You know, like I said, there's various techniques just to tell them, you know, kind of back off and uh, if they're they're nervous about that particular thing. But on the other side, they've got so many other things going on. They're just trying to pick the easiest way. To get through and say hello, and uh, 
I mean, they believe me, they're not uh, you know sitting around reading people's minds like. Uh, there there, there like seems to be a lot of respect for our privacy, um, and as you say, it's they have much more to do there than we have here. What we have here is tends often to be duties, and everything they have to do there is fun. So they're, they're not sitting on the edge of a cloud dangling their feet wistfully. They're, they're off doing their own thing, and, and I think that's something people don't understand. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it's perspective. That's the huge part. It's perspective. When you go to the other side, your perspective changes, and what yes. you thought was important here is not important over there. I mean, they're looking at the higher, higher enlightenment things like love and compassion, they they yes. don't care about the everyday duties that we have to do and um, you know uh, our human experiences that we might judge ourselves saying that's terrible. On the other side, they they realize we're having human experiences that we have faults and that you know we're going to do things that we regret. And then they're not going to hold that over our heads because they know it to them on the other side. It's like that's meaningless. But what yes. they will look at, they'll look at the reaction. How did how did one person? help the other person in that situation. You know, did, did, did you show, show self-love to yourself when you, you know, screwed up or something? That's what they're going to mm-hmm. look at. They're not going to look at, you know, uh, hey, you know, you gained 40 pounds or something like that. And, yeah, right. You know, it, or it, I didn't it, know you think about, thought about those things. When, I, when, when we were married, you were thinking about all that all the time. Um, that they, they are very respectful of our privacy and of the fact that we have more to learn and do uh, on this side before we reach them. So oh, it's not anything to worry about. Um, but I, I right. thanks for your reassurance on that as well. Tell me, Joe, is there any very spectacular sign you've heard of or, or spectacular reading that you think you should share? I, I still remember the reading that I got for the young man whose dad had passed away that um, he had, um, I had put in my first book, and then I just paused because I was thinking about it. And uh, this was like probably a dozen years ago or something, and I can still see it. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the signs that they come through. I mean, he showed some. He got the, the boy had gotten some signs, and then by getting the signs, we went through a mediumship reading, and, and the father showed how he was going to be with him throughout his life, and it was very profound. Um, wow. He actually showed. He actually showed the. Uh, the to me, the father and the son walking down a path together, and uh, the boy was a teenager, and the father was like in his thirties. And the next thing I know. The boy's like 35 and the father's in his 50s. And then they show the boy retiring in his 60s and the father's walking with a cane. And, and huh. it just rotated both of our eyes because it just showed that he would be with him throughout his whole life. And it all started with a bunch of signs, simple signs that, you know, uh, that just kind of opened him up to the, to the belief that there is an afterlife. And that's huge. You, you really, I know we're all skeptics at times, and it's good to be an open skeptic, but you have to get to a certain point where you just have to let it go and say, listen, you know, that's a sign from my loved one, and I'm going to accept that, and I'm going to believe it, and um, and then it opens up a lot of wonderful avenues throughout your life, because you realize there's more to life than just the simple, you know, right. concrete things we run into every day. I think it's what you said is very important. Um, everybody should be skeptical. Um, don't believe uh, any foolish thing. But on the other hand, be open-minded, because people who are 
not just skeptical, but who are actually actively denying that anything is possible, those people have put up a barrier. Um, and they cannot experience signs. It's not possible for a medium to do a reading for someone who is an active denier, um, which is why this denialism still persists. Because uh, if you're out to debunk uh, mediumship, for example, and you, you can go to a 100 mediums, you're going to get no readings because you've got a barrier yourself up in your mind that makes it impossible. And so you're absolutely right. We need to be open-mindedly skeptical about the signs around us. And if we do that, if we are that way, um, glorious things can happen. Uh, and also on the, other, and on the other hand, if you do get a sign, um, don't necessarily put it through the ringer trying to uh, overanalyze yeah. the impossibility of it. Because, yeah. um, you know, they'll, they'll try a few times and... Uh, um, just accept them because when you really look at them, you know, a lot of them, I mean, they're not, uh, probability-wise, it's not really a coincidence there. Yes. That, that's it's what people will say. Oh, it's a coincidence way. I saw 10 butterflies today. Well, statistically, that's yeah, really... exactly. That has to have been a sign. And um, what I tell people is if you even think it's conceivable that the penny that just appeared on your desk was a sign, say thank you. Just even if you don't know who it came from, just say thank you because doing that helps them know that you are open to the possibility. And as you say, more and more spectacular signs then will be attempted probably in your your case because you're open to them. Absolutely, you know, and numbers, uh, sequential numbers and stuff. I get that's another one. Yes, tell us. I I got I asked for a sign um, a couple of days ago about something, and. Uh, you know, because I'm doing the book and things like that and stuff. And I started seeing sequential numbers uh, yesterday. It was just, um, I noticed that I was over at my friend's house and was talking. I put my phone on and it was 1111. I'm like, yes. I thank Spirit. Because when I see numbers like that, I thank Spirit because it's yes. their sign to me that they're around. And then yep. I'm driving down the road and I looked at my clock because I was stuck in traffic and it was 111 in the afternoon. Yes. I'm like, wow. And then. I don't know where I was in a store or something, and the phone rang. I picked it up. It was 2.22. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then last night when I was going to bed, the dog barked at something outside. It must have been, you know, an animal out there or something like that. And uh, startled me and kind of woke me up. I was dozing, and I looked at the clock, and it was 11.11. And I yes. said, okay, I get it. I get it. What's that, four or five times in one day? And uh, so I thought that was pretty appropriate to uh, share with you, your listeners today. Yes, uh, that, I've had that experience too. Uh, and I think they're generally signs from our guides as opposed to from loved ones, but who knows? You cannot right. catch a series of numbers like that on your phone or on your digital clock. I've tried, you can't do it. But when you randomly look and there's that number, that is absolutely 100% certainly a sign. And that's when absolutely. you should say thank you. Um, what, what, yeah. an exciting, what an exciting uh, a way to, to sort of get toward the end of our, of our conversation together because you're right, numbers are a terrific one. Um, and uh, for me, it tends to be fours and, and, and twos that they give me. I'll see 222 and 444 uh, on, on the clock the same day and never see another number. Those are all the only times I randomly, supposedly randomly glance at, at, at the, uh, the top of my computer and see the time. And um, I, I've been told by a friend of mine who's not in body that, that they basically prompt us to, um, they're able to sort of give us a prompt in our mind to look at the clock, and they do. That's, and, that's it. 
That's it. It's not necessarily <laughs> they're manipulating the time. They just what they're doing is they're just giving you a nudge to say, check yes. the time. Yes. Yes. And, exactly. You know, it, it's um, it's a hug. When a, a number sign, it tends to be a hug. And if you're getting ones, t- people who are very spiritually advanced, it seems to me, tend to get ones. Um, eleven, eleven, or one eleven on clocks and on their phones. <clears throat> um, I get the, the twos and fours. I don't know what that means, but. Uh, <laughs> But that's exciting. Everyone, pay attention to number signs. Um, and yes. even in your mind, tell your guide you'd be open to a number sign. Because, yes. as I say, those are hugs. They're pure hugs. And they're simple. And, and you just, and you really peg it right there. Ask for them. And, and just let it go. Don't put any conditions on it. Just say, you know something? Yeah. It's just one a simple sign that my, my guides are around here and they're backing me up and stuff. And not, I'm open. And let it yeah. go. Say I'm open. Right. Yep. Well, th- this is exciting. Um, I, we've been talking with Joe Higgins, who's he's a medium and a featured presenter at the Conference on New Developments in Afterlife Communication that will be held in Scottsdale July 10th to 12th. Go to ASCSI.org for more information. He's going to be talking there about signs in more detail, and um, I, for one, am going to be in his class because I'm excited about the whole idea of signs. My book, um, The Fun of Staying in Touch, will be out in the fall. I'm Roberta Grimes. My books currently out are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and four novels. Um, I was a novelist 20 years ago. I've taken back those two novels, and now I'm deep into it. And for some reason, the guides who are are working with me decided I should be doing this. I have no idea. My Thomas is the story of Thomas Jefferson's brief and beautiful marriage. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the Letters from Love series where we explore how we can use what we're learning from the dead about reality and about our own human nature to make human life finally work. They're actually romances, but they have a much deeper meaning. Letter from Wonder, which is the third in the series, is coming out in the fall. Meanwhile, Rich and Famous, which is a coming-of-age novel set in the 80s, will be out in May. Now, please join us next week. Our guest will be John Audette. He's co-founder with Dr. Evan Alexander of Eternia.org. That's soon to be the go-to website for information about our greater reality. And John, when I had him on a couple of weeks ago to speak about um, the the, uh, Eternia website, I discovered he knew a who's who of the early workers in this field. Um, So that's what we're talking about next week. I hope you'll join us. Meanwhile, visit afterlifeforums.com, join the discussion there, and now go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.